electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Stocks are attempting a bounce. After the worst day for stocks since September 23rd, three big stories today. Q3 earnings, stimulus watch as this deadline approaches, and the DOJ's landmark antitrust suit against Google does appear imminent. Our roadmap begins with big tech's antitrust headwinds. Justice is set to file that lawsuit against Google this hour. Plus, stimulus hopes spring eternal. Pelosi and Mnuchin closing the gap. They're set to speak again. And the fate of a pre-election aid package could come by the end of today. And the race for a cure, Moderna saying its experimental COVID-19 vaccine could be ready for emergency use in December. Carl. Jim, just crossing the wires now. Uh, DOJ has, in fact, filed the suit against Alphabet's uh, Google. And I heard you talking to Becky a moment ago, reiterating what you said for a long time, and that this lawsuit essentially is a strange kind of value creator. Yeah, but look, I mean, arguably they're saying there are there ties, exclusionary business deals that Google has done. I mean, look, Google has opened the books time and again to the government. It's not their first rodeo. They've understood this. If they're trying to break up Google, all they're trying to do is exactly what I've been hoping for, which is that to bring out the value in Google, you have to break it up. So if the Department of Justice is going that route, then they're just a a great investment banker. I often joke with David, there's situations where the sum of the parts simply won't ever be brought out. And the reason is, is because the company is very complacent and happy. I think that Alphabet is the most complacent company I've dealt with, David. They even have a division. It's a division called we're going to continue to lose. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's called other bets. (laughs) And it's amazing. I mean, it's literally like you and me sitting around in a workshop with a chimney and we take the money everybody else makes and we shovel it and we're trying to make, you know, Georgia Fatwood. There. I've said it. Yeah. Take that. Is that, is that uh, who's the analyst there? Barr? Uh, yes, Bill is Barr. Is it Barr? Yes. He's, or is he in the, is he in the well, research department? Actually, head? he may try. He's, you know, this is for his SPAC. He's going well, to try and get them to. Didn't you have the uh, uh, actual guy on yesterday? The, the I guy did. The, Macon Del Rahim is and he, the. Did he yeah. take it to buy? Uh, well, by the way, Macon is um, recused from this in particular because he advised on the purchase of DoubleClick years ago. Yeah, well, he told a, me uh, he loved that practice when I was on the floor yeah. of the exchange, which I think was pre-pandemic. I yeah. mean, it was like 1917. Yeah, um, he was telling me that he thought that this is one of those great American companies. You know, we used to think like that, great American companies, but now no, we think that they're uh, they're too great. Well, come on, Jim. They are great, can be a great American company and also have a monopolization of search. Well, the two are not mutually exclusive. Standard Oil created a lot of value. It did. It created until, even more when it got broken up. But Jim, until we decided, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk today about, oh, breaking up. I mean, that, breaking up Google, that, 
that is so no, far it's, it's down about the, the road. Ties. This right. is going to be, by the way, it doesn't even mean it would be the remedy that would be needed to deal with if, in fact, the government proves its case that there is a monopolization on search here and that Google maintains its status as a gatekeeper to the Internet through an unlawful web of exclusionary and interlocking business agreements. Do they have, someone, other do they have someone inside? I don't know what they've got to prove their case, but you, you know one thing. It will be years. Years and years. Okay. It will be years before it gets to trial. If they were to lose Google, it would be right. years of an appeal, settlement, getting to a point where you say, oh, they're going to break up Google is, is they're not going to do that because the government's telling them to. I'm not taking it out of fang, I'll tell you that. Look, with all seriousness, okay, maybe there are ties. David, maybe there are ties behind the scenes, okay? But what is involved? What's a, what, what is the problem with maybe one of the greatest inventions in history? What's our work? Carl, I mean, Googling is great there. I mean, it's not like greed, you know. It's Googling. And what do they want to do? Make it, uh, make it so it's not as good? They want to hobble Google? Well, I heard you t- joking with Becky a moment ago about whether or not they split the alphabet, Jim. So uh, to your point, as we wait for the actual complaint, uh, we'll see if there's any suggestion of what the remedy might, the suggested remedy might be. But right. I do wonder, uh, this dynamic you're talking about in which DOJ is this sort of gifted investment banker, is that specific to Alphabet or would that apply to other uh, members of big tech as well? This is not uh, hate him or like him, I'll say. But I think a lot of people fear that if Biden takes uh, the White House and the Democrats take the Senate, uh, this is the blueprint of what will happen. Uh, but it'll be much more punitive. I mean, this is actually I, let's hope in the if you're the government that you have people who are willing to say I was in a room and blah, 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 told me, you know what? I want Facebook crush. I want Bing destroyed. Although, again, again, you're speaking about other companies that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, you t- what are you making a face I'm about? Over there? I don't know. I mean, you need the courts regardless. I, what do you what, what do you mean? It's going to be they're going to do something. You've got to go to court. At least you used to have to go to court. You need evidence. It's called evidence, David. Didn't you ever watch Perry Mason? It, it's called evidence. I watched like the you new go, one actually on HBO. It wasn't was bad. It, was it, it built. Yeah, it was slow at first, but then it got. You better. know the uh, People versus OJ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you have facts. Yes. But you need facts. What do they have? We have to see what they have. Right. Do they have? We don't smoking, know. Do they it, have multiple smoking guns? I don't know, but it does appear Bill Barr was very anxious to bring this case and do so before the election. Right. I think that's something that we've sort of right. we've heard. You know, you referenced Macon Del Rahim. He was on yesterday. He is the what antitrust great interview, chief by the way. at the Department of Justice. Um, AT&T didn't seem to think so. But, you can uh, thank me. Um, but, you know, I asked him about this broader issue, Jim, of market power. Uh, right. Oh, we don't have our, we're never quite ready. And we antitrust, we'll, we'll get it ready for you in a minute. Ah, the best laid plans. Well, anyway, I watched the interview. It was darn good, maybe disrupted my morning. Uh, but I would say that, you know, this market power issue, the problem with market power, does it ever matter, David, that America loves something? Like that I love Google, that it gets me where I want to go. It, it, why is that bad? Is, or is this Their like, innovations have been incredible. Uh, think Google Maps. Think about that. Think about all the different Are know, they going to make it so that I can't now, link those? The rabbit hole that is YouTube we could make arguments about. That's what of, I want separate. You know, but I know you want separate, but you well, want separate because well you think run. it's going to help create value. It has nothing to do with your view of them as whether they're violating antitrust laws. You just want them to create more hey, value. When you broke up ATT, it created value. When you broke up, uh, when you broke up Standard Oil, it created value. Why is this any different? Fine. All right. 
are they going to agree with are you? Are you with you? Got your video yet? Yeah, I got my video. Right, you want to hear what Macon had to say about antitrust laws and where we stand in terms of technology market power? Take a look. Clearly, antitrust has a role and needs to be applied. Um, but what is the other solution? Where markets fail, Congress steps in and creates a regulatory framework. I think it's very clear that a lot of these platforms have the market power. Uh, the question is, is what they're doing illegal? Yeah. Go. Right. Right. The question is what they're doing illegal. Do they have? You need some memos. And, Carl, it's not like they're up against little guys. I mean, who, who has tried to do search? Maybe what? The- That's, that was exactly my next question to you and to David, guys. I mean, who is the injured party here? Is there some sort of startup search engine we've not heard about that's tried to break into the market and been crushed beyond Bing, I guess. Uh, And as for consumers, David, I mean, we've talked about this new lens of antitrust for years now. Products free. Uh, How is the consumer being harmed? Yeah. Right. It's more about the dominance of the market and the exclusion, perhaps, or the being able to dictate terms to everybody, I guess, Carl. The fact that there are no competitors... Uh, and that, therefore, Google is in a position where it can, again, dictate complete and total terms to those who want to use that search engine, not, not, not on the consumer end, but on the advertising end. Yeah, but, I mean, right. do I have to use it? I mean, this is no, like when it's they the bring... same thing as Apple. Right? We've had the same conversation. Do you have to? Do I have of to course you don't have to. Right. But, if, but do you want to have a business? You have to use the App Store. It's right. a great thing. And you've got to use, you've got to be... So they take a big thing. What do you want to take the same under thing? Google search and you want to be in the, the paid section, most likely. Well, I'm not being facetious about this. The American people like Google. They like how it works. If there is something that's in the file which says, you know what, we have gotten ties to be able to block certain people and send it to others that people think people think it brings up the best. It doesn't. Well, you know what? Say so you sticker it. You say, hey, listen, this is paid, which they kind of do. I mean, when you go to Amazon, by the way, you look up something. <laughs> like, I tried to get an N95 mask because yesterday there was somebody on our air said you get an N95. And the first 17 masks were like, you know, the fashion masks from Etsy. And then I got to the N95. Well, you know, I put in N95. Okay, so they obviously got paid off to put in all the others. Is that a shocker? But they got to put in, we don't really like this? David. No, it, it is it not. Do, it does raise... No, Jim, it does raise the question. And we had this conversation last year of sorts, the degree to which, for example, a search on Amazon, right, right. was be- beginning to become a first choice for consumers. If you wanted to buy something or look for a product, you might not go to Google first. Uh, you might search Amazon instead. I wonder how much of a retort we're going to hear on that front in the next uh, several, I don't know, months, I suppose. Alphabet's in better shape this time for an antitrust suit than they were before. They had some really good people, by the way. Uh, that you know, they'll, they'll get really good lawyers, and you, what you'll find is David's right. This is, what, a 2025 experience? Uh, but it won't be Steve Ballmer, who we now think is the owner of a basketball team, who uh, directly attacked the Justice Department. David, that will not be an ad hominem attack on the Justice Department. Not, I'm predicting not going to happen. I would agree you're probably right. And, yes, there are a lot of lawyers who are going to make a lot of money over a long period of years here, and it's going to be something that we perhaps are sitting on the set talking about a resolution of, Four, five, six years from now. Unless they've got some smoking gun. And the smoking Even then, gun they've is- still got to prove their case. What, you think, oh, Google's just going to settle? They would have settled already. They knew no, that it's not like nothing, this is They didn't do anything this wrong. This is just the usual thing. So make them stick. What are they going to do? 
I mentioned to Becky, they're going to give them, let's say we give a startup A through C. You know, it's like when you used to be, I don't know, we weren't that much, had that much money. You, you go to the supermarket and they like give you the first super, uh, member encyclopedias. They give you A free. I mean, we'll give A to um, Snowflake. Okay. Well, and then we'll give B to, I don't know, Peloton. We'll give C to Netflix. You know, D to data dog. You, you come to some sort of consent decree, which opens up the market for search and allows, people, it's allows other companies to compete and therefore allows those that want to advertise more competitive I got rates. I got an idea, Carl. Who knows? What we'll do, I don't know. We'll let, we'll let Microsoft in this market to go directly against Alphabet. Oh, geez, they're there. It's Crosby. Yeah. Whatever happened to uh, Ask uh, Jeeves? President mentioned Bob Hope yesterday. Remember Ask Jeeves? Ask Jeeves. I loved Ask Jeeves. That was Barry Diller, wasn't it? Ask. <laughs> oh, there were a whole bunch of them like that, Beehive. There were some great ones. And they, look, and they failed. And that's the way that, if, if you look historically, what the Justice Department has tried to prove here, and they, many times, is that a really great product does stuff that we don't really care about, so therefore we should do something. That's a case and a half. I'd rather have a case of Schlitz. Guys, we're awaiting the complaint. Obviously, when it breaks and uh, when we get a chance to read through it, we'll try to share it with our viewers. In the meantime, a lot of Q3 earnings, including raised guidance from Procter & Gamble, uh, Philip Morris, uh, Lockheed Martin, and the 10-year getting back to those June highs. We'll take a break here. Be back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. In a minute. Plenty of earnings to get to this morning. P&G, Jim, uh, one of the standouts as uh, they raise their guide looking for sales now four to five and instead of two to four. Top line, uh, John Moeller this morning said was six going into the pandemic. Now nine. Uh, just unbelievable sales growth. Yeah, look, when you look at what's working, it's really interesting because it comes down to, again, the things that we need to do in order to be able to beat or at least get even with COVID. I mean, healthcare plus it's oral, mid-teens, fabric and home care plus 14. Uh, home care organic sales increased more than 30 percent, cleansing products. This is all about people staying at home and trying to defeat COVID. Now, I know there are some people who insist that COVID is just a, a bad flu. But judging by what Rickett Benkeiser is saying, which they have Lysol, and what Proctor is saying, there are many, many people around the world who believe that they have to clean better than they used to. Maybe they have to use the dishwasher because their hand cleaning doesn't do as well. Plus, they're staying home. They're not going out to dinner. David, when I look at this, what I, say, what I see is a sea change back to the way we were when everybody in the country was poor or at least middle class where you didn't go out except for a Mother's Day. You're cleaning all the time. Everyone in the country was poor. Country was poor. When are we going back to this? When are we going back to We were middle class, and we didn't go out, except for, like, on Mother's Day. Right. Key days. Got it. So we used to make, we were cooking at home, Uh cleaning at home. Yes. Except for now we're doubling down, we're, like, cleaning twice. Right. And then we're we're spraying Lysol. The question is, right, the question is, with these P&G numbers and the ones from Wreck-It Ben Keyser, is this hygiene, is this growth in 
yes. products dealing with hygiene here with us forever. Uh, is it a seminal change in terms of the way people use them? So we just bumped up to a new level of, of volume. And I don't know the answer, Jim. I would assume it's, it's possible that the answer is yes. And by the way, not to get too depressing, but the idea that depressing? we're done, with, what is done with pandemics, that we're not potentially going to see another one at some point, and right. one after that, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's probably going to be more likely than not. Well, I spoke with Laxman, uh, Narasimhan, you know, the CEO yes. of, uh, of Lysol and Airborne. Yes. And I think he sent you a present. Yeah, he sent me one a while ago. Yeah. 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 I, I talked to him this morning, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just, I thought I know, had the exclusive. He, well, so no, much you did exclusive. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, we tied up his morning. But, but I, I, he brings he, up the idea of a change in, change in temperature. That's, yes. And, and that leads to, the insects? I guess, long, you got the yeah, insect longer wrap? life of insects. Oh, my God. I got that wrapped, too. Yeah, you got that also? I thought it was good wrapped. Six-fold <laughs> increase in the life of an insect over the two Celsius <laughs> increase in temperature, and then well, you got all sorts of transmission it, risks. <laughs> True, but I was speaking more that he believes that it's a sea change. Carl, uh, the head of a company that owns Lysol is basically saying that we're never going to go back to our dirty ways, that we are we be more hygienic. Uh, now, in this country, there's a whole strand of people who think that hygiene is also a joke along with masks. These people I don't get. They're like COVID, bring it on. I want to get be part of the herd. I mean, like, I want to be part of the herd, like going to Tyson Foods to the slaughter. I don't want to be part of the herd. But there is a move to make it so that you live a clear, more hygienic life. And it's undeniable. Well, and I, I think Tony Fauci's for it, too. Oh, boy. There was good Mr. news. Bob there was good news, Jim, for all the single people out there, as you know. What, what was that? Oh, the direct cr- sales were up. Yeah. Is that what he sent you? He didn't send the, that to me. No, he sent me all sorts of stuff a while ago. Lysol and things. I don't know what I did with them. I gave them away. I think you sent you condoms. <laughs> that was in I there. Do. I do. And you probably made like a, a thing that you use like used I cars, a, places, you know. I mean, I, yeah, I have a... Oh, forget it. I won't go into that. Yeah. I gave Carl, away. Let's just leave I it I think that. that that company and Procter together tell you that there is something major going on. And the thing that's major <sighs> is that we realize we have not been taking care of ourselves. And if we're going to stay at home more, and there's certainly far fewer restaurants to go to, then you are going to be cleaner than we were. We're going to use more cleaning products. We're going to wash more. It's just the way of the future. People don't like to go out anymore. I mean, they, they don't want to get sick. Yep. Some people yeah, seem We hope they're going to go out, but uh, certainly flu season in the Southern Hemisphere has been a clue as to how people are changing their habits. There's no doubt about that. Yes. We'll take a break here, get a mad dash after a short commercial interruption. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Let's get to a mad dash as we count down the opening bell. We still got about seven and a half minutes before we get started with trading 
IBM earnings. Yes. Now, you'll see this stock down. You'll probably say, wait a second. They kind of pre-announced, and they did exactly what they pre-announced. But, David, the call was discordant. And if I would say uh, there were people who were basically saying, what the heck happened post-Red Hat? Katie Huberty, who has a, a propensity to like IBM, at one point says, I have to read this because it's amazing. You know, uh, looking... Just looking to Arvin, the CEO, just looking at the cloud and cognitive software business, before you closed on the Red Hat acquisition, that was a growing business. Today, on a pro forma basis with Red Hat, it's a declining mid-single-digit business. And, and Arvin Christian, the CEO, says, yes, Katie, you got it correct. And at that moment, you realize, you know what? Uh, as they transition into a new company, there's business that's slipping. And the old business, uh, which we were very excited about, that cognitive, uh, maybe not doing as well. So this was a story where, and then Tony Saganagi asked about the dividend. Is the dividend safe? And they're talking about the dividend is sacrosanct. Well, it's hard to grow uh, and have a dividend sacrosanct with that balance sheet, which is not bad because they do have a huge amount of cash flow, always have. But the call was basically saying, guys, are you really ready for prime time with this split, given the fact that businesses aren't doing well? And uh, I found it disconcerting. I found it disconcerting. Yeah, a brief, uh, a brief move up. We can see it there after the announcement of that split, essentially, right. of the company. But what is this saying about Red Hat? I'm, I'm not. Red Hat is, is growing in mid-teens. I mean, I don't think it, that's not asking too much. It's the other business that you know, can't find kind of, I, you'd like to think it was combined with Red Hat because it's, it's all the, these special high-growth areas. But uh, what you really felt was like, and I, to echo what Tony says, we want growth, high growth, and to do that, you probably should suspend the dividend, is what he's saying. And what they're saying is, oh, no, I mean, people are owing us for our dividend. And that's, a, that's an age-old issue when you have that high dividend, pay out that much, and you're a tech company. Because remember, that's not why you own tech. You own tech for growth, not for dividend. Right, but this is a different generation yes, it, of tech. It, it, well, a different generation, somewhat, that's a sort of voce theme throughout this. Yeah. And guys... Come on, get with the program. We'll keep an eye on IBM, maybe, of course. Maybe, maybe DOJ gives them some Google. Yeah. That's a joke. I get it. That's a joke, okay? Got it. Got it. How about the life of ants? I don't even know what he's talking about, which is good because global we got to go warming. anyway. It's global warming. we got to go anyway. Uh, we'll be back with an opening bell after this. As far as QT earnings go, we've uh, covered IBM, covered Procter. Uh, Jim, we haven't gotten to Lockheed, which not only raises the guide, but got another div hike, which is uh, adding to a longer and longer list these days. Look, this is a company now run by Jim Takelet, who did an incredible uh, with American Tower. He was unbelievable. A lot of people are, by the way, are worried. What would happen under a Biden presidency? They always forget the Democrats spend fortunes on defense. They have never, ever cut it back more than the Republicans. So I think this is a great story. It's been going down of late. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, Jim is a very special guy. Uh, He has, for the longest time, been very pro-shareholder. If you take a look at what he did with American Tower, it is absolutely terrific. Uh, And I don't care about what happens in the election. David, everyone seems to be so concerned about certain stocks that are Democrat stocks and others that are Republican. And there's a lot of misinformation about these. 
You buy defense stocks with a Biden administration. Well, we've never spent more than we are right now, though I'm not sure as a percentage overall, I guess even as a percentage GDP and of the well, budget. But what, 800? We're over $800 billion, right? But we're also selling stock. a lot because uh, President likes to, you know, he's just to sell. Right, he likes all those sales to. Well, uh, I don't, look, I mean, it's, it, could it be better than, who the heck knows? I'm just saying take what's fabulous. I want to back the CEO here. Take what, did you ever meet him? Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. Yep. Strong. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> there's, the, there's the opening bell at the NYC uh, and the NASDAQ this morning. Jim, we haven't really touched on stimulus. I think we are going to hear from Speaker Pelosi around 1230. Uh, more reports that they have been narrowing their differences. And by the way, Senate's back in session. And um, we do expect McConnell to set up at least a couple votes uh, in the next day or two, one of them, obviously, the reload of PPP. Well, but I don't know. You heard Senator Cruz on Squawk earlier this morning. Uh, still not optimistic that this is going to actually happen. I know. And the market seems to just believe and is very hopeful. And uh, so you see these prices and you say, wow, I got to get in. The market knows something. Uh, this is seasonally a, a period. We had a piece last night. Um, that demonstrated without a question that these are really good 10 days, even in a period of an election year, this period between now and the end of October. Larry Williams, thank you. And uh, so I understand why you would want to buy uh, empirically. My problem is, is that this market is like assumes like yesterday, like yesterday was idiotic. I mean, I couldn't believe during the nine to 10, somebody thought that they're going to agree. David, if you agree to a deal, and it includes a check that comes that is signed by Donald J. Trump. Would you be more or less inclined to vote for Donald J. Trump? There's no doubt that there is an element of it, I would assume, and the part of the Democrats that say, wait a second, do we really want to be having that happen right in front of an election? Yeah. If, but by the way, even timing wise at this point, I mean, we're two weeks away. Jim. I know. You sign the legislation, you get the checks out, they get in the mail, the mail. The mail. Right. Well, I guess they could give it to like PayPal or something. FedEx or Venmo? Venmo. Venmo. Venmo Venmo you. With a little emoji. A smiley smiley Donald Trump. I don't know, Carl. I think that you buy stocks. You buy stocks that are having good earnings. okay, And you try to measure whether those earnings are going to hold up under a a Biden or under a, a Trump regime. And you look at Procter and Gamble and you say, you know what? I know there's very little volume right now, but I, I don't think anything that Proctor, that's happening in Proctor has anything to do, do with who's president. Same thing with 5G. You look for themes. Themes demonstrate, I mean, there's worldwide growth. We don't necessarily see it, but it's being led by China. So I covered last night Caterpillar. I mean, you know, there is definitely some, a couple of things going on out there that are positive. The autos. Listen to what Phil's saying. I mean, the autos, the used trucks, I mean, aerospace coming back. These are great themes to own, regardless of who's president. And you've got to back away from the idea that somehow this stock or that stock's going to get hurt. And I don't care about the tax situation either, because you're going to have to invest no matter what, Carl. You can't just avoid investing because of tax considerations. Yeah. Uh, well, you, I know you've been watching the autos. You've had a lot to say about Ford last couple of weeks. GM, Jim. 
almost back to 34. I mean, that's going to take you to mid-February as we await uh, what we think is going to be a pretty sizable announcement about U.S. investment around 11 a.m. Eastern time today. Well, Citi's put went from 54 to 57 on a number of deals that could occur. I thought that was I- incredible. I mean, 54 to 57. I mean, I'll take 34 to 37 if I were a GM holder. Uh, look, a lot of these companies, uh, it's almost better to buy the parts companies that sell into them. Um, you know, if you take a look at a company like PPG, uh, there's a, a company, I mean, the stock's not doing anything today, but it, it is, frankly, that stock has been a horse. Illinois Toolworks, there's a good example. They have a gigantic amount of auto, and well, Illinois Toolworks is just doing incredibly well. So I would rather buy parts. Uh, oh, and I do like Ford because I think that uh, that Farley is a very good CEO. David, I don't know if you spend any time with them, but he's a car guy. He's not a, a guy. He's not a steel cabinet guy. He's right. From the- no, I know you're. I know you like. There's Illinois Tool Works, which you've been talking about as well. Look at that. I know you like Ford. And I know you're positive on it. It's, I'm be very curious to see if you end up being right. Well, I just think that you needed a CEO who basically can stop. You know, he has an interesting philosophy, Carl. He doesn't want to lose money everywhere in the world. That Ford. Now, I know that sounds somewhat. <laughs> Ford's philosophy was to make cars everywhere, including places that they're bleeding, hemorrhaging from the eyeballs. Farley doesn't want to do that. And by the way, an F-150, all tricked out from 2019 with miles on it, $65,000. I mean, I don't know what kind of small business can afford that. Wow. But, wow, David, you just admitted that's a lot. Or are you reading something else? No, that's a lot of money. It is? Yeah. You knew that. How much is a carton of milk? Uh, four bucks. Depends. If you get the, the uh, even more sometimes if you get the one that's got completely antibiotic free and all that stuff. The horizon that can be even more. Carl, I, I, I stand corrected. It, he has bought things. That's very impressive, David. Thank you. Yes, I do know what milk costs. <laughs> um, also, I know what uh, what Intel's NAND memory business costs, guys. Um, Nine billion. That's what it costs because SK Hynix is buying it. This is a story that's uh, been around. It was actually late yesterday, I think, the journal reported it was coming. It came. It's happened. And as you can see, it's doing absolutely nothing for Intel stock price. Um, But it is a $9 billion number. This is, of course, Korean uh, giant that is buying it. It's the NAND memory and storage business. It includes their SSD business, their NAND component, and wafer business. And as well, the Dalian NAND memory manufacturing facility. That's Dalian in China right. uh, as well. What's interesting here, guys, also is you get $7 billion when the first part of this closes, which is seen in late 2021. Then the second part, so to speak, of it doesn't close until probably the Department of Justice and Google are getting closer to some sort of settlement in 2025. Right. right. I've never seen that. Well, remember, they Final were closing expected to occur in March of 2025. I have no idea they get with that. the remaining payment of two billion. Then they'll get and that is where they're going to get the IP related to the manufacture and design of the NAND flash uh, wafers, Jim, the R&D employees and the workforce at the Dalian uh, manufacturing facility. That's final closing. March 2025. Right. They should never gotten in that business. They're selling it. It raises the price during multiple. However, the company reports October 22nd. People don't want to get ahead of it because AMD's been taking a lot of share because they have better. Uh, I think they have better chips, more chip. They, AMD's still this is still a, a Intel business in terms of market share. And there's a lot of talk that AMD is not going to buy Xilinx. I love how that was floated. I don't think that Lisa Sue's going to try to bankrupt her company buying Xilinx. Wait a second. You got what? a lot of, because you got a lot of takeover stock traders, all so-called risk arbitrageurs who are listening to you now and going, so-called. What? Well, what, did Wait they know second. something? 
It's they, been know, dead they know quiet. something? Lisa Sue is dead it's, quiet. Do you know something? I know that I was told that there's uh, that when I if there's something, I'll find I'll hear about it when everybody else hears about okay, it. Okay, So you're just surmising that Xilinx is too expensive. I, I, for I know a person who doesn't want to make a hostile takeover and wait, ruin the, the stock. But I have to tell you, we go back to Intel. The way yeah. you want to play that is you have to believe with Hynix there will be a behind the scenes um, price fix. Uh, uh, oligopolistic price fix, and you buy Western Digital. What, what? Now you're alleging that there's going to be behind-the-scenes price fixing once the South Koreans own it? Is that what you just said? I don't know. <laughs> Carl, I, he doesn't know now? No, what they, they, look, when you have, oligopoly, you have an oligopoly, um, you have an oligopoly that's tightening, and you tend to see better pricing in an oligopoly. I can be naive and tell you now you're really going to have companies go at it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be realistic and tell you, just like when DRAM companies merged, that suddenly DRAM prices got better. And I think that flash prices have been in a spiral down, hence Western Digital having to cancel its dividend and being able to do nothing in a horrible stock down 35%. And I would buy Western Digital in this, although the 2025... Final close. That's just daunting. Look at this screen. Look at this screen. Everyone must think right now there's a secret deal. (laughs) Secret deal, Carl. We're all set for it. Alphabet's up. Doesn't seem to be a lot of concern. I told you. Yeah. Barr took it from buy to strike. I think he made it into a Justice Department one list. You know, like Merrill has a ju- yes. one list? But do they use the evidence the lab is the question. No, they don't they have, use yeah. that UBS evidence they lab. They do not have the evidence lab because there may be evidence against, <laughs> against Alphabet. Oh, poor, <laughs> poor UBS. You, you get them every time, Jim, every time I there's like an evidence, the evidence lab. lab. Uh, I think they like Netflix. You know, I mean, the evidence lab. That's a, just so you know, that's not a show on CBS. They, they have like 100 of those. With the stamp. Could you believe if they had a... Like evidence, evidence lab, lab or C- yeah. C- uh, CBS. Yeah. Evidence lab. I know. With some and it's about analysts around. who recommend yeah. stocks. Oh, looking at a screen. That's yeah. Exciting. Well, anyway, I, th- I think Google's fine because it's 2025 issue. Uh, well, as, as Jim says, uh, Brett doing pretty, pretty good here. Uh, all sectors green, including financials uh, as the 10 year, as we said, uh, nearly back to 80 basis points. Well, how about Let's Goldman get to Bob Sachs. this morning. Goldman Sachs is paying two bill. I thought that was a pretty good price. Uh, there were some people who thought the, uh, the well said. over was three bill. Remember Portnoy? Yep. Didn't he have it as three bill? Yes, he did. We're talking about the MDB one. Yeah. But <laughs> Carl, you already sent it to Rick. I don't know if he's there, but, you know. I, yes. I'm about yeah. to send I'm him here. to Rick Santelli. There he is. He's anxious. I hear him. How you doing, Carl? Listen, we had some important data points today. And if you looked at housing starts and then looked at the intraday of 10, you'll see at 8.30 Eastern, our yields moved up a bit. If you looked at Boone's, their yields moved up a bit. If you looked at Gilt's, their yields moved up a bit. Why? It was up a little less than 2%. Uh, it was actually not up to expectations. And we still haven't gotten up to pre-COVID levels. But, and there's a big but here, as Diana Olick pointed out, 78% of all housing starts, which was 1,108,000 of those 1,415,000 were single family, biggest in 13 years. Family distancing, think social distancing, post-COVID, that is an unbelievable dynamic, and that's why that number rocked the markets to some extent. If you look at a two-day of 10s, you'll see that above 78 yesterday's highs, and we traded above that a bit, uh, that's a positive development. And if you look at a three-day chart from Friday's 
very solid retail sales. The following day, we traded above that yield high at 75. So we are building. The problem is we haven't closed above 80 basis points since June. So these are very key levels to pay attention to. As far as how this figures into other areas, we talked about the banking sector doing better, financials doing better. Maybe it's because the yield curve is steeper. Look at a three-day of the yield curve, tens minus twos. It's basically the steepest it's been, the widest it's been in four and a half months. At 64 basis points, open it up to June, you see exactly what I'm talking about. And finally, the dollar index and foreign exchange in general have seen the volatility kind of squashed out of it as of late. But we do want to pay very close attention to the euro versus dollar. It gets close to the highest closing levels of October. And of course, that is impacting in a negative way the dollar index. Carl Jim David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. We continue to be on alert here for the DOG uh, press briefing about its antitrust lawsuit against Google, potentially uh, one of the most important antitrust cases uh, in at least a decade. We'll monitor developments. Dow's up 178. Jim, the reviews for the iPhone 12 starting to filter out here. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, Joanna Stern, saying uh, the speeds will knock your masks off, as we say in 2020. The bad news is to get those speeds, you basically need to locate a high-speed tower, stand right next to it, and don't move. That's going to be the story of 5G in these early innings. Well, I mean, yeah, look, uh, I'd rather be early as long as the technology holds up. And you've got these companies that are all bidding. Remember when John Ledger argued vociferously that we're going to be able to build out 5G faster than everyone else? I, I think you can build out 5G, uh, David, within the lifetime of this phone. I think you'll have substantial build-out 5G, especially because the, the companies are certainly advertising. I mean, they're not going to, if they're advertising broad rollout and you don't get it, then you're going to port to another company. That's true. Uh, it's going to be a while, though. I mean, let's not, let's not uh, mislead people to think that yeah. you're to the, to the point that was made that Carl just read. I mean, yeah, you want to stand next to a tower, you're going to get great speeds. Well, they'll put more towers. <laughs> have more towers available up. to us during our daily life, the way we're accustomed to using our phones, I think it's going to be a little while. I think, the again, the enterprise, you're going to see the use of 5G, a lot of chips that are going to be, things that are going right. to be. Automotive. Yes, um, that are going to be able to be used, but within a manufacturing facility uh, or, you know, in all sorts of different ways. That may be sort of earlier applications. But, but in time, it's going to happen, and eventually we are going to be talking about a broadband wireless product in the home via 5G, essentially. I like the, pro, the flashy stain. To what we talk, to call, still call cable. Flashy stainless steel case. I like Nucor here ahead of the quarter. You like Nucor because they make the case? No, but I like steel here. Nucor. Got They're it. the steel company, the largest steel company in America. Yes. They report this week. Could be a good quarter. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that. No problem. Got that going Let's take us. a break here. Apple is one of the many Dow components in the green. We're back in just a moment. Get to an earnings mover this morning. Albertsons, a second quarter results with a beat. Digital up 243% as customers stay home and shop for essential supplies online. Joining us this morning in a first on CNBC interview is Albertsons CEO Vivek Sankaran. Vivek, welcome back. Good to see you. Hey, Carl, good morning. Good to see you. A quarter had a lot, uh, just something for everybody. Sales up 13.8. We mentioned digital, a uh, little buyback edition. Um, and you see comps for the year up better than 15. Uh, what, give us a picture of the environment right now, given what we already know about how the grocery business has changed. 
Yeah, Carl, you know, uh, first, thanks for that. You're right. It's a sound beat on just about every dimension um, this quarter. Uh, and it, uh, I think it's, you know, it goes back to we're in the eighth month of this pandemic, and we're starting to see some behaviors that are becoming entrenched. Customers are eating more at home. They're coming less often, but shopping a full basket, making a one-stop shop. It's centered around fresh, and it's centered around having the full variety in a store. And that's helping us significantly. And we continue to innovate around that. And that's what you're seeing, Carl. Uh, we mentioned digital. Can you give yeah. investors a, a picture of what's been behind, at least in terms of investment, behind that push that apparently, I guess you would argue, is now paying off? That's right. Uh, Carl, there's two types of things we're doing. Uh, one is we're driving, we're expanding what's called drive up and go. It's the fastest growing piece of our digital business. So customers want to order in a store they're very familiar with because they go in there every so often and know that it's high quality product. And then they want to just have the convenience of staying in a parking spot and having the product brought. That's growing fast. We're going to expand that. Uh, we're going to expand that uh, to 1,800 stores. We thought it was going to be 1,600. We're going even faster uh, between this year and next year. So that's one. Uh, the second thing we're excited about is what we call a micro-fulfillment center. And these micro-fulfillment centers, think about those as automation that might sit attached to a store that quickly hel helps us pick things much faster so we can reduce the cycle time of the order from the time she places the order to the time she gets the delivery or picks up. And I think those two are driving forces. People are looking for the convenience of e-commerce um, and, 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 and looking for it in many ways, and we're offering, it all, offering all of those. All right, Vivek, Jim, you know I've been a huge supporter of your uh, stock since it came public. I think it's inexpensive. Uh, but I want this Barclays question answered because when you get the uh, people who, uh, let's say, maybe not understand the story, a lot of people who buy the stock will be better armed. Share gains are not sustainable considering pricing that remains well above the competition. True or false? Well, share gains are a factor of multiple things. I always look for share gains not on dollars, Jim, but on units. And when you, when you have good gross margins and you're gaining unit share, that means something in the formula is working, right? And the formula that's working for us is the fresh assortment we have. When you have somebody uh, come, uh, eating at home, you want great fresh assortment. And with fre yes, you can compare prices of many things, but when it comes to fresh, quality matters. And that's the advantage we're seeing, and we're building and doubling down on it. We oh. think it's incredibly sustainable. Okay, if that's case, I know you're also acquiring uh, Kings. That's my supermarket. A lot of great fresh things at Kings that are no yes. longer uh, really palatable in an era of COVID. How do you uh, treat what I thought was really the finest part of, of Kings, the stuff that was being made an hour before I picked it up? I'll, we are, I'll tell you why we're excited about that acquisition, Jim. It is accretive from day one. Okay, we got it for such a great multiple. It's accretive from day one, even where our stock's trading. Um, and second, you know, we, we we learn a lot from Kings, but we can also bring a lot to Kings um, and Balducci's, especially in the back end. And the nice thing it gives us, it gives us another premium banner, like we have Hagen's or Pavilions. And it gives us a, a group of premium banners where we can learn across the company on merchandise. It's a fabulous token acquisition, both financially and from a strategy and merchandising standpoint. Finally, Vivek, um, we've heard some, from some other retailers. Walmart was an example last week where 
They said in, in communities where we're starting to see a resurgence of COVID cases, there is the hint of the kind of bulk purchasing that we saw in the early spring. Does that ring true to you? Um, a, a little bit, but I'm, I'm very hopeful, Carl. We're seeing steadiness. I'm seeing steadiness in demand, a similar pattern established by, the, by our customers. And I'm hopeful that even if the pandemic gets worse as we go into the fall, that there won't be that kind of a rush we saw. Um, because we, there doesn't need to be that kind of a rush. There's plenty of supply uh, and we're preparing for, but we are preparing for it. We're preparing that uh, people might come in and want to stock up again, uh, but we're certainly we're preparing for the holidays when we think there'll be a lot more consumption at home than in the past. Sure. Uh, Vivek, uh, thanks for being with us as always. Uh, stock up 5%, as you can see, that's going to take you back to early August. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? If I had to do a Mad Dash, I would do Logitech. This is an incredible number. We're also going to talk about how they, they and uh, Apple tussle. We have Damon John. We're going to talk about black entrepreneurship. Uh, and I uh, can't wait that because I do think that there's uh, much more to be done and everyone can be uh, more, let's say, uh, aware. So we're going to do those two issues. And this was a great show. And I just want to applaud the Justice Department for their um, incredible move to bring out value in alphabet. <laughs> Jim, we'll see what they say uh, probably in the next few moments. Uh, we'll see you tonight. All right. A lot to talk about. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.